Welcome to The Witcher Lorecast, the show that explores the vast lore behind The Witcher games, show, and books. Witchers, welcome back to The Witcher Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots, and I'm good, my good buddy here, Toasty, who was leading the show last week, is here with me. Toasty, you survived. You survived without me. I did it. You did it. You did slayed it. the beast called an episode of a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Well, how I, was your vacation? Did uh, you have fun on your boat? Yeah. Um, yeah. We were on a we were on a big old cruise boat and we went to faraway lands and we slayed monsters for other people. I was on a uh, out on assignment for some witchering, even though I'm a bard. No, you're a Leshen, Tom. I'm also a Leshen. I'm a, I can change okay. my shape. That's how it works. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, okay. they thought I was a witcher. Um, gotcha. Yeah, but it was cool. The boat was like big. There was like a big old, big old walkway down the middle of the boat. That was like a mall, basically, like with three stories. Like cruise ships are really big, guys. They're really big. Uh, but it was cool. It was cool. There's like a like a late night pizza place where you get pizza. And then there were some shows. We saw Grease. Have you ever seen Grease, the musical? Uh, about the fifties, written the in the seventies, or like the like the movie musical. Yeah, they're ba- they're basically the same thing, like a Broadway musical. This was on stage, so this is like stage performers. But um, man, is Greece like it's the fifties th- viewed through the lens of the seventies, which is mm-hmm. super awkward and also still extremely <clears throat> chauvinistic. Um, so when you think of it like that, not like a classic show, it's totally like oh, just weird. I just heard that today that Olivia Newton-John passed away. So. I know. That's a thing, too. That's a total bummer as well. But anyway, this is not what the show's about. We're talking about uh, some elves from another world today, right? I mean, it could, it could be about Greece, like the Greece that they covered mm. Henry Cavill in for his scenes that he was shirtless. I was thinking more like the Greece he put on the weapons, like the monster... <laughs> Greece. That too. That's kind of, that's where my brain well, went. But if you want to you talk about if you want to talk about sweaty shiny Henry Cavill, then I mean, who doesn't? I mean, yeah, everybody. Is who doesn't? Everybody loves a good sweaty shiny Henry Cavill. Which uh, side side note here? Did you hear that they had to pause some of the filming of uh, the third season of The Witcher, and so Henry got to spend more time tweaking out mm-hmm. his PC, which is yeah. which is awesome. Being king of the nerds. Being like king of the nerds. Like, yeah, it's yeah. great pretty awesome um, stuff but anyway like we're, the, today's topic we're talking about the that other group of elves right yeah that other one the other one the, the other one the ein l a and l a and l ein l how you prefer to i mean they we typically hear them say a and she so yeah I'd say the a and l that makes sense um yeah so yeah. my brain just reads it as ein when i'm when i'm reading you know but i guess yeah. you know what i did do in order to to kind of refresh myself on the books, I, I purchased the uh, the audio versions of the books, thinking I would listen to them while on my cruise, and then I didn't listen to them at all. Yeah, I might. I don't know. I might reread them. Yeah. Just, I think I'm more likely to just read them than listen to them. Anyway. Um, anyway. So, uh, okay. So, the INL. These are yeah. the elves from another world. They're the ones who don't live in the continent, right? Exactly. Uh, I'll start this off a little bit of an excerpt from uh, the book in The Witcher 3 called The A and She and the A and L. Uh, They, 
the Anshi, uh, look to their mythical cousins for salvation, to the A&L, the Alder Folk. The A&L are said to dwell in another world or possibly another plane to which they traveled during the mythic age of migration and from which they at times journey to visit our world. Legend so can, can we pause here? Can we pause here for just yeah. a moment? Because we're getting like words that are used in a different context here, probably because it's coming from this group of elves and their names for things. Mm-hmm. So like the mythic age of migration, is this like the general term for the time after the conjunction? So, okay. So the age of migration happened before the conjunction. Okay. So that's before. Uh, I think we talked about it a little bit like way, it's like a way back thing, like mm-hmm. episode one or two or something. Right. Right. Um, it's been a year. <laughs> but, uh, so, and uh, I do have a little bit more on it, but I, and why not? I'll say it right now. Um, so basically, uh, back on like their home world, uh, they were known as one race called the Ayan Undad. Um, and because of their world was on the brink of destruction uh, and collapse, they, uh, the Ayan the Undad split into two different cultural groups called the Ayan Shi and the Ayan L. Um, mm-hmm. And the Ayan Shi boarded their ships and sailed to the continent. Um, so this was the age of migration. Yes. And then the A and L uh, found their way onto another world. Um, we're not entirely sure exactly how they did it, but right. they did. Right. So, <clears throat> yeah. Also is interesting of note here that they're called the alder folk, not the elder folk. And the phrase elder comes, I believe originally from Tolkien and his, his works with elves. And so many other, fantasy stories have used variations on that the variation here starts with an a rather than an e which is interesting yeah and there's like the kind of a distinction because i believe they and she and like the other like dwarves and halflings and such are like the elder folk mm-hmm. so we just to distinctionalize a little bit yeah alder um, folk rather than elder folk yeah uh legend claims a gate between the worlds could be open allowing the a and l to ride their downtrodden brethren to their downtrodden brethren's rescue. These are, however, mere fables, naive fairy tales. This race condemned to extinction uses to provide itself small comfort in these, their last sad moments. So they're like, we're hoping our, our elf friends come save us one of these days. And it's like, yeah, it's not going to happen. Nah, we know what the A and L do whenever they decide to take a trip to this dimension. So, mm-hmm. um, but you know, we'll get, we'll get to that. Uh, so the A and L when the elder speech people of the alders or alder folk are elves who inhabit another world and are culturally distinct from the A and she elves. When all elves were known as the A and undad, their ancestral home world was at the brink of destruction. They left for new worlds long before the conjunction of the spheres. Right. So this is before, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they split into two distinct cultures. These elves that arrived in a new world were to be known as the A and L and the elves that arrived on the continent were to be known as the A and she. Right. So it wasn't the conjunction that caused them to change locations. They were already migrating before that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, the conjunction is what brings us humans and monsters, but the elves right. were, were there long before. <clears throat> Upon arriving in what would come to be known as the world of the ANL, the ANL encountered one sentient species already living there, the unicorn. I love this. I love this. Yeah. That there are these and like I, smart, self-aware unicorns running around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh 
you know, some of this might start to uh, might sound familiar compared to like our wild hunt episode because some of these details are the same, obviously, because the wild hunt comes from this race of elves. Mm-hmm. Um, they are constantly at war with the unicorns, likely because the A and L seek to use the natural ability of the unicorns to travel through space and time, of powers they possessed themselves before the conjunction of the spheres. So, so they lost the ability to do this. So now they have to use the unicorns to travel. Mm-hmm. I'm getting yep. pictures of like elves on the backs of unicorns, like jumping through portals. I think it's more like <laughs> slaughtering or like sure. subjecting unicorns to slavery in order to open gates. Yeah, like, but it's, it's a much prettier <clears throat> picture to think of like elf guy on the back of a pretty pony jumping through a portal. Yeah, but like yeah, that's not how we it actually works. See the the A and L we see there. They aren't exactly that pretty, to be honest. So yeah, right. All of all of Most the details of in this image in my head are wrong. So don't absolutely don't imagine that. Um, they frequently use the wild hunt to plunder other worlds and kidnap humans to use as servants. Mountains of human bones have been discovered on their world, killed by A and L. Although it is unknown if the humans already lived on this world before the A and L were brought by the conjunction of the spheres, or if they were slaves. So they just like to collect the bones then, regardless of where they came from. Well, like it's just, yeah, I mean, I think it's just kind of like keeping things tidy. I mean, like Mm -hmm. the lifespan of elves is significantly like longer and uh, compared to like humans and, and then like humans in like captivity or like slavery working who knows what under what kind of conditions yeah probably shortening their lifespan it's it's just a little odd to me that like they they keep these bones just piled up like they didn't find another way to dispose of them or like i I mean i get the imagery the imagery is like there have been a lot of humans who have succumbed to the terrors of whatever this is that they've been doing right like i get the imagery of it it's it's almost like a hellscape um but at the same time like if like like in our real world we butcher lots of cows because we eat them and then we dispose of the bones we don't pile them into mountains right like it's like there's it's like oh, i'm just gonna make mountains out of bones because it'll just warn people not to revolt if they're slaves yeah <laughs> uh the king of the alders alberon mirstak governed his people from the capital city of tirnalia uh their language the Elilon is a variant of elder speech, and the average lifespan of the ANL was about 650 years. So That's pretty long. Pretty long time. Yeah. Uh, Tirnalia is the capital of the world of the ANL and was governed by Avron Mestak, the river Asnod. These these names. Asnod. Asnod. Uh, yeah. E-A-S-N-A-D-H. How do you think you pronounce that? Aesnod? 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 Something like that. Yeah. Uh, the river Aesnod runs through it. According to Siri, the city has a look similar to that of Sherawed. What's Sherawed? Sherawed? Are you familiar with uh, Sherawed? It's, it's, uh, it's an old elven uh, like ruin that's in Kaidwin. Yeah. Uh, so similar yeah. kind of design. Yeah, kind of it, it stands that, like, for Sherawed's Child. That's what it was named. Um, 
Yeah, there was a so according to the wiki, it says was an ancient elven palace, which lay in the forest of Cadwin, like you said, before it was destroyed more than 200 years ago. At the heart of the granite and marble palace was a fountain and a rose bush covered with beautiful white lilied flowers adorned with silver drops on the petals, a symbol of hope for the elves. So it probably had very similar uh, um, granite and marble structures. Mm-hmm. I would assume that that's probably some of the similarity there. Yeah. Uh, its buildings are described as light, open on all sides, thus resembling gazebos or arbors, Gazebo. seeming so airy, delicate, and ephemeral that they actually look not like buildings, but phantoms of buildings. Uh, like they building ghosts? Of, like building go- ghosts. Ghost buildings. Ghost buildings. <laughs> they are built of marble, alabaster, and malachite and adorned with stucco terracotta and mosaics there are many bridges and terraces peristyles cloisters and balconies sculptures and monuments <clears throat> grand elven city that wasn't impacted by the touch of humans essentially yeah you know? i mean it sounds it sounds like this might speaking of things that aren't pretty this actually sounds like something that could be very beautiful i have to mm-hmm. wonder if they're in sight of the mountains of bones if you've got like beautiful city and then you've got like countryside of like bone mountains. Maybe. I don't know. I wonder imagine they're like probably built like underground or something. Like mm-hmm. I mean, like some mountains of bones, like probably like hyperbole for like catacombs, essentially. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Because they probably have like grand elven tombs for like, you know, the elves that die not very often. To be fair, like they live a very long time, mm-hmm. but like then the humans, they just like, um, let's, just, let's just throw them underground in tunnels or something. Like we don't, we yeah. don't, they don't care about the humans that they're making slaves. So like, what does it matter to them? How they dispose of the bodies? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's dirty elves. According to Galahad, this land is known by people of this world, of his world and have various names. Fairy by the Britons and wind by Celtic Druids or Elfland by the Saxons. Um, and this is like Sir Galahad that uh, Siri encounters when she takes a trip to another, another world. Yeah. This meets, is one of those weird, like connective points between like, this is the world of the Witcher, which is absolutely fiction. Mm-hmm. And then like Galahad is a character from Arthurian legend, which is yep. kind of, uh, people have debated if Arthur was ever a real person or not. Chances are he wasn't. But that's like button it up pretty close to real world stuff. Yeah. Uh, the A and L are likely based on the dark elves of Norse mythology and the unseelie court of fairies in Scottish folklore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this, like this the opposite is, of the A and she, because they were like the light elves slash the Seely court. So like opposite kind of things here. Yeah, and, and this is one of the places where we're actually getting more towards some of the mythology and stuff that we're more familiar with. Because The Witcher draws a lot of, of course, the monsters and things from um, Eastern European stuff. Mm-hmm. But like Norse mythology, Scottish folklore, those kinds of things in the U.S. are a little bit more commonly known and, and used yeah. for other sources of, of literature and things. Yeah. So, all right. Well, where are we going when we get back from the mid-break? Uh, we'll talk about some notable uh, A&L people because I think a lot of the names are going to sound more familiar than the majority of A and she. Cool. Sounds good. Well, we got to go thank our patrons. We'll be right back. Very well. 
Let us get this over with. Something has infested my vineyard. Mm-hmm. Great. Let me go prepare my something oil then. All right, so here we are in the middle of the show, and a big shout out to our higher vampires, both Ben of Tamaria, who was your co-host last week, Toasty, who <laughs> filled in. Thanks again, Ben, for doing that, and Bane, the hospital guy. Thank you for supporting the show at the higher vampire level. And we've had some, we've had some shakeup with some of the numbers. We're down to about twelve patrons. I know things things change. People have uh, financial responsibilities and stuff like that. But we do support. We do appreciate your support. We do support our support. Um, if this re- is really helpful for those of you who, who sign up and support the show. We really appreciate it. Um, also, we're getting closer and closer to the end of the year where we're going to set up the next set of t-shirts to go out and t-shirts have been rolling up. Some of you guys have been posting pictures. Uh, if you sign up as a tier four or higher, you get t-shirts every three months. And if you sign up as tier three, you get sticker versions of these and the, the shirts that, that we did that only our patrons have, have pictures of monsters. And then they have letters uh, like, like a written note with the monster about like the Witcher contract that's out to kill that monster. And Toasty and I wrote all these up They're They're a lot of fun. So if you want to get in on that, you've got a few more months left to sign up and make sure that you get into the first year. The benefit of getting in now is that once you get in now, if you stick around for when the second year comes out, then you'll get double shirts for a while. So those will be up in a few months. We'll be starting our second year of of shirts. So now's a good time to sign up if you want to make sure you get the first year stuff. If you don't get in for the first year stuff, they go away and you never get another chance to get them ever again. So they're very limited edition, only on Patreon, never sold in the Robots Radio store. None of that stuff. Toasty and I don't even get to have these shirts. They're only for you guys. So go check that out. All of that can be found at patreon.com slash witcherlorecast. And also... If you want to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcast, we'd really appreciate the support. We haven't had one in a while. So if you leave a five-star review, specific, we've got some ratings that have come in. But if you leave a five-star review with some words, we'll read it out on the future episode of the show. We'll get your words on the show as a way of saying thanks. Uh, and that really, really does help. It lets people know that, hey, this is a show worth listening to and helps expand our audience. So we'd appreciate that. That's all we got for the middle of the show this week. Let's move on with some notable A&L. Here we go. You smell of death and destiny, heroics and heartbreak. It's onion. Right, yeah. So uh, Sean in the live chat just posted, yes, thanks for the sweet t-shirt. Everyone should join the Patreon just for the swag. I'm, I'm glad you appreciate it. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Well, That's awesome. Up, like, gassing me up over here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so what next? Who are we talking about? Uh, so we got some, we got quite a few names. I think people are going to recognize stuff. Um, so <clears throat> if you've, uh, name may not be as familiar, but if you've read through the books, um, maybe, uh, so as we stated before, op Oberon, Oberon, Mirstak, King of the Alders was the King of the ANL elves and Aen Savern, Savern, which we talked about last time, kind of like a special, like, uh, like type of elf. And you're going to see a lot more of these types of elves among the ANL. Mm. Um, like everyone on this list, basically one to be fair. So they're like the elven sages. They had kind of like special, like magical significance. Um, 
within like the elves. Gotcha. Uh, gotcha. And the ruler of Tirnalia, he was determined to take back what had been stolen from the elf by Kriginen when he took Lara Doran, Oberon's daughter. Uh, to do this, he had Siri, a descendant of the two lovers, brought to him and groomed to produce an heir. He was notably patient and never brutal, but nor would he be dissuaded from his goal. So this is like, this is stuff that happens in the books, correct? Yeah. But it yeah. doesn't happen or hasn't happened on the show yet. Yeah, we have not seen and, this in the show, but we... And we don't know if it will. Like, they may take a different angle with this. Like, these characters might show up. Obviously, Laura Dornan, Dorn, Dornan, Doran has been brought up, right? And mm -hmm. we've even seen her in some of the imagery that we get. Some of, like, the flashback, Siri, weird mental magic stuff. Um, but how this plays out in the show, we don't know yet. Yeah. And I feel like I feel like we'll we'll get something like this. Like, they're probably going to cut out, like... Uh, more of like the later like her getting sent to other worlds and whatnot i mean maybe who knows that would be really sure. cool that could be, be really fair, cool to see and i think oh man me and ben were actually talking about it i'm not sure if we talked about it on the show or not um they're talking about it before the episode um or after basically uh that they've we've seen some of like the scenes that they've released from like season three mm -hmm. and we have uh like uh film from siri in like it said that they finished their filming in the sahara so like the portion of the story where siri goes to the desert which is like mm. it's like i think this like two books ahead of where we're at right now like that's like huh. that's a jump so i'm wondering we're, we're like kind of speculating whether it'd be like if we are actually like progressing the story that fast or if maybe that's the end of the season like maybe that's like, like final the part where we stop right and like this is where things are going but we're just kind of yeah. hinting at it and yeah. it's like right before those parts before she starts kind of like hopping to different places so um i don't know maybe season four we're gonna see this stuff come into play who knows yeah it's kind of crazy um uh but uh Auburn died before he was able to impregnate siri it's real uh <laughs> creepy stuff yeah uh, real bummer there <laughs> yeah killed possibly unwit unwittingly possibly not from an overdose of an aphrodisiac or performance enhancer at the age of 600 of over 650 years the drug was supplied Oof. by Aaron Briak glass who viewed himself as a more suitable ruler so, so he died uh, he died to uh performance steroidal enhancement Viagra. yeah oh yeah so i guess the lesson here is if you're 650 years old probably don't don't try that's you're probably too old for this stuff I'm probably too old to, you're yeah. too old to have sex you're yeah. not allowed it, it might stuff. be it might be time to just chill out a little bit buddy yeah but yeah this is like real creepy stuff because this is like serious like his descendant like far descendant yeah i mean like well at least it's not as weird as like ugh. Amir, but oh, man. yeah i mean like, it just it just goes uh, like all of this is connected to inspiration from real stories right like these like royalty who happen to be related to everyone else and so they have to interbreed with their own biological connected 
people like uh, but like that's i mean this is real stuff this happened in history now somebody wasn't 650 years old when they tried to do it but there are definitely moments of of things like this historically yeah so uh, not not okay creepy but yeah it's kind of how that stuff goes Mm -hmm. um Another uh, name, definitely going to know this one, uh, Alara Doran at Shayadal, uh, who was the daughter of Shayadal and Oberon Rustak, uh, Shayadal being like just her mother, another A and L, um, but we don't really get anything significant about her. Um, she was an elven sorceress who fell in love with Kridginen of Laud, a mighty human mage, after the conjunction of the spheres. Their union was very controversial for both races. After Kriginen died, Laura gave birth to their daughter, but died herself soon after, after orphaning the child. Sero, the queen of Redania at the time, adopted the half-elf girl and named her Rhiannon. And this creates the lineage all the way to Ciri. Yeah, this and, is the start of that lineage. Right. So, right. Uh, and, and, of course, Rhiannon, that's uh, one of Ciri's, like, names. So... Uh, it was like Cir- was it Cirilla, <laughs> Fiona, Rhiannon, or something like that. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. So uh, the descendants of Lara Doran, which includes Siri, are regarded as special for their magical gifts are considered to be very strong as they carry Hinakir, elder blood. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, Lara Doran was also one of these uh, Aen S- Savhern whatever that word <laughs> whatever that word. word is whatever that word yeah, is it's so 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 sorry <laughs> listeners these words are very difficult and so they if we are. stumble over them <laughs> wait till i read this next name oh so bad oh lordy lordy but before <laughs> oh, we move yeah. on to that just real quick like this this helps clear up because we haven't really gotten too detailed into like mm-hmm. series lineage and all of that but the fact that she looks like a human she is a human but she has elven blood and it goes way back generations yeah. to well, it's been i mean the bloodline's been diluted because it's just like because i mean half elf girl rhiannon mm-hmm. assumedly married and had children with another human right. making them quarter elf and then you just a 16 30 second 64 yeah. yeah all the way down but even though she's very diluted in that in that bloodline it's like there's like the seeds of this like power that come with that blood and it and it seems to reemerge genetically every so many generations right yeah and so it, that's it was the on connection her series mother but it skipped calante mm-hmm. uh who didn't have it so it's yeah it's it's kind of crazy right. so, i mean this is the stuff which is, we're gonna start seeing way more of like, right, which is like, also crazy because so many of the like people in her lineage were anti-elf <laughs> and they, they were part elf and they may, maybe didn't even know it yeah, I mean, I mean, we saw like it's been like it in in the show they showed us. I mean, it, they don't really like touch into that stuff as much. I think in the the books, I can't remember, but kind of like showing the point of like the bloodline getting diluted after like or being like scratched out mm-hmm. at a certain name because we don't even like I don't, I can't remember if we see Lara's name in that book. Like I think that they even like cut her out, and it was just like maybe like Rhiannon or something. So yeah. It's, it's, uh. Yeah. They're like de- denying the background, denying the fact that there's elven blood in there at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for this next person, um, 
Crevin S. Spain at Komhan Maka, also known as Avalok. Avalok. Maybe sound Avalok. So much easier uh, to say than Crevin Espane. Is it? Is this a Spanish word? Is this? Is this Espana? No, <laughs> Espana. I'm gonna just say his his name includes the word Spain in it. Crevin Espana. Avalok, Spain. That's his name. Kamanmaka. Kamanmaka. Avalok. Avalok. Uh, So much easier. Yep. So also known as Avalok, uh, familiar if you played Witcher 3, uh, was an elf and an Aeon Savern as well, who had the ability of traveling between the worlds of the Aeon L and the Aeon She. He met Geralt and told the Witcher about a prophecy connected with Ciri. He was nicknamed Fox by the Unicorns. Lara Doran originally intended to marry him before she fell in love with Kriginen of Lod. He's freaking old. Yeah. 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 So like Ciri. Okay. So for those who don't know, The Witcher 3, Avalok shows up, takes Ciri around doing stuff you have to go find her um but that's like siri running around with like the dude who has was crushing on her great 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 grandma yeah it's it's crazy <laughs> it's just it's just it's just yeah of the people i mean elves and gets that age i can't even I was like just looking for it. I just can't remember if they've told us his age. I'm not he's gotta be I'm like not aware of it either. I yeah. mean if that one guy died in the books which don't take you know probably don't take as uh too much time before the the games but that dude was 650 when he died right that makes avalok probably like i mean getting close to 700 i would guess yeah unless we, he's we'd like have way to like, younger than the guy or he was born way after i mean it's, it's been case. it's been how many years since the conjunction four or five hundred years it's been a while something like that yeah we'd have have, like yeah we'd have to look this up in order to get the actual numbers but it like yeah he's been around for a while he's an old dude at this point yeah uh uh he was the one who brought siri to the a and l king oberon promising siri that she would be allowed to return to her world if she conceived a child with the king Again, creepy. Uh, Aridin, however, claimed that Avalok was lying. Avalok, I mean, Aridin, obviously, though, was very manipulative um, as the the leader of the Wild Hunt. Uh, and, uh, and of course, Aridin Breaglas, the leader of the Wild Hunt, we talked about him a lot in the Wild Hunt episode, so we don't need to right. Uh, right. delve too much into him again. And the other members of the Wild Hunt were also, of course, all a and l mm-hmm. so yeah but there's a lot of like there's a few names in the a and she like you know you'll remember off the top of your head like francesca or uh this that's the one i can remember off the top of my head but this is the rest of these is like oh laura yeah. doran yeah kriginen or not kriginen aridin avalok obviously so now we the general sense of this is that the a and L seem to be more powerful than the elves that we see in the continent. But I wonder if that's simply because the ones that we know names for are these like very powerful mages. They're, they're among the elite. They're not like like the regular elves. It's kind of like, I mean, they have had time to like thrive and like ascend in power. Mm -hmm. Cause like, they're not, they're obviously set. I mean, they, they've like, 
basically, I think they were like wiped out the unicorns at this point. Yeah. Um, so like, I mean, even like fighting a war with like the unicorns and like beating them and then them being the height of power in their sphere. And meanwhile, the A and she are all like, we're, they're not the height of power. The humans are the ones in charge and they're just being hunted and killed more often than anything else. Like the A and L, they don't do that. They, they, you know, sitting in their like high wispy towers, like doing whoever knows what kind of magic they're raiding other worlds and taking their things. Like right. Researching, practicing, <clears throat> stealing, like doing all of these things that, which could make them more powerful over time. Oh yeah. yeah. So they're like, they, yeah, they have that, that power or that ability to at least gain more power without like huge threat right so right so even if there are people among them who aren't as powerful as these characters that we've talked about the the difference is that the a and a and sheed in the continent just they've got no foundation they might have people who who have the potential to be as powerful and influential as these elves but there's no there's there's no security there. There's no great years of learning because they were able to sit in their high towers and study books or travel abroad and learn things from other places. They've just been fending for their lives, trying to survive. So there's less of like the, those elves who could have ascended to that level are far, far between. Yeah. And of course, we know like the, the with the, the I mean, they spend so much the entirety of like the wars with Nilfgaard just like they barely managed to get back like Dolblathana, which is not a big portion of land and comparatively to like, uh, you know, the rest of the continent and like, they've like lost their fertility to where like, you know, nine out of 10 elf babies don't make it through to term. So, or, or like, you know, maybe even more than that, 49 out of 50 elf babies don't make it to term. We don't, it's, it's like, yeah, so little that they don't, yeah, they're not even, it's all survival right. for them and trying to like keep going. So Robin chat says also maybe their magic was cut off a bit. Do you think that there's an element here of them being on the continent and being a little bit disconnected from these other realms where, I mean, we, we know that magic kind of was introduced into the continent during the conjunction that Mm -hmm. these other realms tend to be more magical that there's something more fundamentally powerful about them um like years and years of being on the continent as an elf do you think that maybe there's some sort of disconnect there i know it's not explicitly stated as far as i'm aware it's i mean because we know that they can like i mean obviously like francesca is a perfect example like you know being able to like manipulate the power but we don't see it very often like Mm -hmm. we see francesca basically is like the only like example of like an a and she that can like use magic so it's just like maybe like those people with that capability were some of like the first to die out and so like it's just like maybe genetically like maybe it's like a genetic thing and like more likely but you know there's not there's not as many because I imagine like that's probably if I was a human and like I was trying to I mean I am a human <laughs> if I was a human <laughs> on was the continent <laughs> and I was trying to like go about the best route to like exterminate a race I know terrible like thing obviously 
Sure. I sure. wouldn't go to, but right, right, right. You but know, getting in the headspace of like you were evil bad guy or whatever. Right. Yeah. 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 Like I would go after like the most powerful of them and like mm-hmm. take them out first. And like, I have to imagine that that would be the elven spellcasters. Sure. And once those are down, like you, they're, the rest of them are running for the mountains, which right. is exactly what happened. I mean, Phil well, Evangel and his troop all live in them. Like they living in the mountains on the edges of society, barely able to like survive. So if you think of the, <clears throat> the very powerful mages like uh, nuclear weapons, yeah. Then in that sense, it once the humans have the ability to use magic, they've learned from the elves, so they, they have magic users of their own. And then if they, like you said, take out the magic users that the elves have, then they're no longer an equal footing at all. It would be yeah. like it would be like, you know, the uh, the Cold War. If all of a sudden the U.S. or or Russia or China, or whoever else has nuclear weapons, all of a sudden, like one group was able to infiltrate and, and destroy all their nuclear arsenal with some spies or something right and then all of a sudden it would be like well now there's not even there's no negotiation anymore it's just this group is more powerful than the other yeah and i was like sure with like time and like proper people like you'd be able to like get to a point where the elven spellcasters might come more into power but it's like you need two things for that you need to like produce more elves Mm -hmm. to like be able to seed out the ones capable of that and you need like safety in order to train because i imagine that like the training is part of it i mean we know like aratuza banard like the humans have academies to train their magicians right where they Elves can hide away from anything. the rest of society the people that might not agree with what they're doing mm-hmm. yeah and they're like kind of like at opposite ends of like the continent in like these very exclusive places too i mean like kaidwin's like you know desolate like country mm-hmm. with and the banards over there and then r2 is like what on the on a rocky shore in yeah. like a palace off the coast like, up uh, on a big rocky hill yeah yeah so yeah. it's like yeah when the elves Island, don't have word. that ability so just imagine it's just like they don't have a way to bring that stuff up because they're just like more and more of them are dying they don't have safety they don't have numbers they don't have anything <laughs> like they just can't get to that yeah yeah it's it's an interesting thing like looking at the elves and the 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 tragic scenarios that they go through but then the fact that there's these elves on this other world and then we know that in the future at some point the elves all leave the continent it's uh i don't know we talked about this on a previous episode like the idea that well where else do you take the story if all the elves go away that seems like such a critical place Mm. critical part of the story but um yeah, it's it's interesting. Any other uh, last minute thoughts before we wrap up the episode? Ugh, I don't. I don't think so. It's just yeah. It's kind of a tragic story, honestly. Like it's, yeah, yeah. It, there's a thing of like the tragedy of it because like you know, in the same sense of like we look at them and like the the A and she are like so downtrodden that they they can't achieve anything. When like the A and L are like so like opposite of that that they are like hungry with power i mean like they the things that they do i mean see the entirety of the witcher through wild hunt to like see like oh this is what happens when the a and l are like too hungry for what they want they just start like destroying things so it's rough so 
yeah it's i mean everything's and we talk about this all the time everything's dark and so if you you have the tragedy of elven society the ones that are in decline and the ones that gain too much power and then they do terrible things and then you have humans which like the the men are so in power but they're just they just they just wallow in their own everything else so yeah and (laughs) see everything so beneath them right they want to like annihilate it like there's no power here without like evil things attached to it basically right evil goals right yeah it's uh, there's no somebody who's good which is why when somebody like Geralt chooses the white knight stance on something it 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 is so stark in contrast to what Mm -hmm. anybody else in this world seems to do um which creates interesting stories right that's part of why we part of why we enjoy it so well cool stuff um where do you think we're going next week you got some got some plans or ideas uh, probably just uh, looking, taking another closer look. I think there's a few places still in. Uh, where were we at? Adern might mm-hmm. be of interest. Yeah. If not, we'll go south. So. South to Nilfgaard. South. Uh, no, not that quite far that south. South, south to Rivia, Lyria. Oh, or, you know, so the little guys, the little little, little countries. Guys. But the cool, they're still cool though. Yeah probably like one of the only matriarchy examples in the witcher other than like francesca so that's cool that's cool well awesome well tune in next week we'll be back with that episode you got anything else going on i know uh cyberpunked cyberpunked's out yeah we just uh released season two this past weekend episode or thursday Thursday. season two not season two episode one episode two of season two released last thursday um so yeah and then uh just follow us on twitter the witcher lorecast yeah yeah about it go check that stuff out vibing the rest of the time (laughs) yep i've got a bunch of other shows so if you're into fallout or elder scrolls or the lord of the rings i've got lorecasts for each of those so go check those out um and uh mass effect uh mass effect we normally do after this episode but uh sam's moving he's in the process of moving so we can't do that tonight but we'll be back next week for sure so um but yeah thanks for tuning in check out all the different shows at robotsradio.net and we will see you next week and until then stay safe on the path see you guys later Thanks for tuning in to the Witcher Lorecast. We'd love to hear about your experiences with the games and the books and the TV series and all your thoughts on everything. Please check out the Robots Radio Discord and follow us on Twitter at Witcher Lorecast. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.